Hello and welcome to Not So Molly Mormon Podcast. Hello and welcome back, everyone. This is Sarah. And this is Katie. Hi. Hi. Hello. Welcome, welcome. Sabbath morning. Welcome, welcome. Sabbath morning. <laughs> How are you doing, Sarah? I am good. Um, for listener discretion, I'm not going to get into the details, but Katie knows <laughs> what happened to me yesterday. And uh, maybe one day that story will make a really great Patreon episode. But as of right now, it's just too... It's too soon. It's too it's raw. It's too soon. <laughs> There's a little teaser for you. Maybe in the next few weeks we can have a Patreon episode about what Sarah endured yesterday. And we're recording a day later because of that. But that is yes. okay. <laughs> but we're here. And uh, we're here. And we're doing we're it. Here. How are uh, you, Katie? Oh, I'm good. I'm great. Um, I want to announce some new patrons because I love them and I'm very excited. I'm have, so excited. We have new patron Emily. Yet another Emily. I feel like we have so many Emily friends now. It's Emily. amazing. Emily, my friend. <laughs> oh, God. We have so many Emilies and I love it. So welcome, Emily. We are super excited to have you and thanks for thanks for your support. Yeah. Next we have Karen. Hi, Karen. Hello, uh, welcome. Karen. Welcome. Thank you so much. Thank you and very much. Last but not least, Melanie. Hello, Melanie. Oh, hello, Melanie. What a lovely name. Everyone has a lovely name, but I just get excited when they're names I haven't heard in a hot second. Like, Melanie, I haven't haven't heard that name in a while. So So welcome, patrons. Um, Thank you so much for your support. And if you guys want to join on Patreon, it's patreon.com slash notsomollymormon. We have a lot of fun content over there. Yep. We just recorded a, a doozy earlier. Um, oh yeah, we did. Yep, yeah, too. <laughs> yeah. Um, but beyond that, I don't really have anything else to say because you guys, I do not know. I don't have any idea what this episode is about. And this doesn't happen very often. Like I feel like Sarah will at least if she's in control of the episode, she'll give me like a little teaser, right? She'll say, like, oh, it might be about this or this, and I'll prepare it. I don't know if we've ever gone in fully blind like this, where I'm just like, oh, okay. No. You I don't take the wheel. Celestial <laughs> Jesus, Jesus, CJ, take CJ the wheel. Take the wheel. <laughs> uh, yeah, so the topic, so full disclosure, Katie and I, yeah, we had to do some improvising and, like, changing some things around. So I was like, you know what, I'm just going to, I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to do it. I'm going to pull an episode together. Yes. It's really random. And I feel like everyone listening is going to be like, what the fuck? How does her train of thought work? Like, how does that brain work in her process? So I just started thinking, like, I, it kind of started from Katie's, the topic you picked last week with the script with Gordon B. Hinckley and Larry King. Uh-huh. I was thinking, like, how many times have Mormons been in the media, like are a Mormon leader or somehow like depicted in the media? And Ooh. literally that's what I just ended up typing in. I think in Google it was just like Mormons depicted in media. Okay. Yeah. Um, because I just thought it was be, would it be interesting either if it was another prophet. Like I was thinking that maybe there was one on record from like 
the early church days, if they had like newspapers or quotes or something that would kind of be like the script that Gordon B. Hinckley had, because I thought that, that was really fascinating um, to see the progression of like when we were in the church, how we thought Gordon B. Hinckley handled that topic so well Yeah. <laughs> to when we're out and we're like, that was a shit show. Yeah, you know, that was really, that was so true. And I noticed that we got a lot of feedback that was similar from you listeners where you were saying when you were a Mormon and you heard that talk from Gordon B. Hinckley on Mary King Live, we were all so proud. Like, yeah, yeah that's our prophet. Look at him. He's on Mary King and he's answering those questions so well. And now we're just like, oh, bad luck. Bad <laughs> luck. <laughs> that was so bad. His PR yeah. person was like, <laughs> damage control. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so I came across this article. So it's in Time magazine. So, okay. and it was written by Richard Corliss in April 25th, 2011. So it was a bit dated, you know, it's like 10 yeah. years, over 10 years old, uh, I guess 11 years now. Um, so it's a bit dated, but most of the stuff is still relevant. And it's called 10 Memorable Depictions of Mormons in Pop Culture. <gasps> I'm so excited. <laughs> So I have to say, so I have 11 on this list. So 10 are from this article. Okay. And then I also just did a done like a different search and found this other one, which I think is really fascinating. And from this list, I only knew two of these. <gasps> Ooh. Okay. So can I really make a, can I make a little prediction that I, yes. of one of them that I think is going to be on there? Yes. Um, I think that maybe Big Love from HBO. Yes, that is on there. That's one of the ones I recognized. And then my other guess, I'm only going to make two guesses. My other guess is The Osmonds. No. Oh, The Osmonds didn't make the list. It did not. Maybe they premiered after 2011. Well, The Osmonds, you know, like from back in the day when they, they would sing like in the 70s? Oh, yeah. But I think... I think they don't make it. I don't know. Yeah, it wasn't on this list. You know, I I don't mind, though, because the Osmonds bother the shit out of me. There, (laughs) I said it. There, I said it. (laughs) It's out there. Marie Osmond with her, like, weight loss bullshit commercials. I don't, I don't, I don't like it. Okay, anyway, there's my anti-Osmond rant for you all. (laughs) Love it. And, yeah, so one of them you have from the list. So I'm very curious to see. I know for sure you'll know another one. Okay. I'm I'm just very curious to see if you'll get more than two from this list because I only only ever heard of two. So when we say media as a, a, like, pop culture, that includes – like movies, books, like okay. all of that. Um, so the first one that was on here, which I feel like I need to 100% watch now, um, is called Orgasmo. <gasps> Sarah, you have to see that. If you, you guys, you have to see this. So it was, if I'm not mistaken, it was created by Matt Stone and Trey Parker, who created South yes. Park, right? But it was before, yes, so they, it was from a while ago, yeah. Yeah, so it was in 1997, and it was the same year that South Park went on Comedy Central. Oh, yeah. And they released this film, and it's about a Mormon missionary in Los Angeles who accidentally becomes a porn star. Yes, it is. It's so funny. And, I mean, granted, I haven't watched it in many years, and 
knowing that it was made in 1997, there might be some like jokes that have not aged well in it. So (laughs) who knows? But um, yeah, I actually saw it for the first time many years ago. My, my boyfriend, Scott, he like owned it on DVD (laughs) and we watched it and I was like, what the hell is this? Also, this is really funny. (laughs) It's so like, I haven't watched it, but just when I read the description, which I'll read it to you guys, and I don't think it gives away a lot. It's just like a synopsis. So you can yeah. still watch it and it's not going to be like a spoiler. But when I was reading it, it just made me giggle. So it says Elder Joe Young, who's played <laughs> by Parker, stumbles onto the set of an XXX film director, Max Orbison, and <laughs> whose previous works include Schindler's Fist. Oh, and God. <laughs> needing big cash so he can marry his equally pure fiance Lisa in the Salt Lake City Temple, Joe reluctantly agrees to play the superhero orgasmo as long as there's a stuntman for the sex scenes. So <laughs> Joe, this character Joe, reads from the Book of Mormon, the actual one, so it's not a script like for Matt and Trey's Broadway show, like this is the actual Book of Mormon and he's reading from it while a porn actress discusses, well, they say, quote, well, let's just say she has plural marriages simultaneously. So obviously he's talking about like an orgy. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, (laughs) So obviously the movie becomes like this worldwide hit and then his fiance finds out is furious. And then she has this like revelation quote. Oh, Joe, (laughs) it is so hard to know what heavenly father wants from us or what he has in mind. This whole thing is just too gosh darn wacky to be thinking. (laughs) Maybe this is what heavenly father has intended for you. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Oh, so, and even like the cover, like everything looks really hilarious. And I was just like, how have I never heard of this movie? Oh like, my God. That's, yeah, it's really funny. Um, yeah. I, I had forgotten about that though. I'm glad you brought it up. Yeah. There's so many of these that I was like, oh my God, I have to add this too. I need to to watch this or like, and and we'll get to one in particular where the church has a response, which I had never officially like read it. I heard oh. about it. Yeah, and I'm so curious. and quite a few of these will actually talk about the church's response to how <gasps> I love depicted. that. I yeah. love that because I remember being a Mormon and when th- something was depicted like in a movie like that or on TV, I'd be like, well, that's not really how it is. Like, <laughs> hey. all right. So that one I thought was hilarious and did not even think about that movie. But then the second one on the list, I am sure you've never heard of. It's a book series. And it was between 1988 and 1995, and it's called Moroni Traveler Jr. Okay, I don't think I've heard of this, but there's, like, something in my head that's, like, did I see this once? I don't know. You'll have to tell me more. (laughs) Oh, I'm going to tell you all the things, and I'm also going to send you the picture that, so this article, I'll send you the article, but also the the cover of this. This section, the book is so brilliant. And I feel like we can use that as the cover for this episode, like the the (laughs) Instagram post, because it's just great. Um, Okay, so this book series, it's based on, so it's called The Salt Lake City P.I., created by Robert Irvine. He carries a lot of baggage. For one thing, he's a lapsed Mormon saddled with the name of the angel who gave Joseph Smith the golden plates. For another, the cases he handles 
about a missing uh, a missing missionary in the angel share or the wayward daughter of a member of the council of 70 in baptism and for the dead or a woman housing a polygamous offshoot sect and gone to glory so these are like all the different hell series oh what i was like what is that all in one book jesus so so you have (laughs) Like, The Missing Missionary is in the book, part of the book series called Angel Share. The next part of the book series is Baptism for the Dead. Another book in the series is Gone to Glory. Oh, my God. I kind of want to read them, but I also kind of don't. I know, right? I was (laughs) like, I kind of want to read them. Because apparently it's like him, like, suppressing scandals within the church. Like, that's what he does. Like, he's a PI who, like... (laughs) Right. Um, He's like a formal soldier and football player, and he's in a partnership with his detective dad. Oh, (laughs) it's like, oh, I can't wait for you to see the cover. Um, And then so it even says that like, so the the part that they the, the writer of this article comments on that is a bit interesting is that the books are aimed at a Mormon reader. Right. So these are all. Okay. Topics and themes that are aimed at Mormon readers, but then all of the villains are Mormon. That's so interesting. Yeah. So, and his his thought on this. So the the writer of this Time Magazine article was saying that you know usually in crime fiction the bad guy has to be a power figure, and in Utah the church is where the power is. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah, I so bet I wonder how the church feels about those books though, because it's like. They don't ever want to be painted in a bad light at all, even if it's like aimed at, you know, in a faith promoting way. Yeah, I'm sure they did not agree with it. And it was and actually like the whole the author, um, Robert Irvine, um, he produced like a few other uh, books that were for like every year for eight years, he was producing um, a new volume for it could be for Mormon or otherwise, like he was writing quite a bit. And then this series in itself, Moroni Traveler Jr., it ended with his death, but mm. there's nothing on the internet about him. And I didn't, to be fair, I didn't do a search today, so it could be updated since 2011, since this article came out. Mm. But the the author was saying like, it's pretty wild that this writer is so mysterious that he doesn't even have a Wikipedia injury. Like there's nothing about him. How bizarre. Yeah. Oh, intrigue. <laughs> intrigue. Um, so yeah, that one was interesting. I was like, I've never heard of this book. Yeah, series, but the definitely. fact that it was like quite popular, not just with Mormons, but non-Mormons as well as I'm, I think it's interesting. Yeah. Let us know if you guys have read it listeners, because I hadn't heard of it either. Yeah. Um, okay, so the third one on here is the one I know you know, and all of you listeners are probably like, this one's definitely on the list. So we have the Book of Mormon musical. Oh, right? yeah, obviously. Yeah. So everyone by now, you probably know what this one's about. Like, I didn't realize that, you know, it's one uh, best musical Tony. It's one, I mean, this was in 2011, so I'm sure it's won so much more. It's still going. It's still a huge popular musical that... Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we won't go into it. But then I, I thought this one, <laughs> I'm just going to read a bit of what it, it says about it, like as in some of the quotes and okay. um, just how they describe it. So it says the musicals book by written by Parker Stone and Avenue Q's Robert Lopez is far less rude and 
iconoclastic than most episodes of South Park, a fact that disappointed some of the TV show's fans. So I didn't realize. So I guess like the the people who like fans of South Park wanted it to be more rude. <laughs> that's more really crude. that's funny because I I love the balance that they struck with the with the music. Yeah. Um, South Park is funny, but sometimes it's a little much for me. And I thought that the balance they had in the musical was really good. And also, it is kind of like rude at the part. Like they have that song where they say, "Fuck you, God." essentially yeah exactly and I mean it's just done in a, a less in your face way right like the whole yeah main song and the central number is called I believe which is like making a making fun of Mormons that they believe in anything like yeah. they will literally believe in anything um <laughs> yeah <laughs> and then uh, so this is the one so there's an actual book of Mormon musical church's official statement So it's from the church's website, but it's from the UK one. So this is from London. They they did a response November 5th, 2012. It's on the (laughs) churchofjesuschrist.org website. And it's very short and it's very Mormon. So let me just read. Okay. In response to news media requests, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints has issued the following statement regarding the Broadway musical entitled The Book of Mormon. Quote, the production may attempt to entertain audiences for an evening, but the Book of Mormon as a volume of scripture will change people's lives forever by bringing them closer to Christ. Did you see my eye roll through the airwaves, you guys? I physically, like my whole body did an eye roll. Like, okay. (laughs) And that's That's it. It's like That's a missionary terrible. opportunity. Like, oh, if you were entertained watching that, imagine how entertained and enlightened you'll be if you read the book. <laughs> I mean, it will change your life forever and oh. bring Nosa to Christ. Oh, barf. Yeah. So that, that's their only statement. It's only two lines. That's it. That's all they responded to it. Um, that reminds me of, I've seen some Mormon YouTubers that they like were asked to respond to it or like give their thoughts on it or something. And I've seen so many of them say, well, it was actually a good thing because I know people personally who watched the Book of Mormon musical and then they were interested. So they started talking to missionaries and then they converted. And I'm like, that for sure didn't fucking happen. It never happened. There's absolutely no way someone watched that musical and was like, oh, my God, I want to be a Mormon now. Yeah, there is no way. They 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 show exactly what it is and how silly it is that and how ridiculous it is to believe in this stuff. There's no way like any person would watch that and go, oh, you know what? I'm going to call my local missionaries. Exactly. Like there's no fucking way. Uh, no. no way. That's uh, a lot. But yeah, if you guys, we've said it before, we've promoted it before. If you haven't seen it and you get the opportunity, go see it. It's very good. It's hilarious. It's so good. Like I definitely am gonna watch it again when we move to London because oh yeah, yeah, it's just so great. Um, <laughs> okay, so the next one on the list I have never heard of, and I'm baffled that I haven't because it has some big names in there. So I'm curious to see if you've heard of this. It's another, it's an off-Broadway show. Okay. Um, and it was a 1997 off-Broadway show and a 2001 TV show. And it's called Bash Latter-day Plays. I have never heard of that. 
okay, me either. And so when I saw this, I was like, what? Okay, so let me let me just read to you from the article. And okay. some of the actors, you'll be like, what? Especially one in particular. Okay. I'm just so shocked. And now I feel like I need to go and find this and watch it somewhere. Um, okay, so it says, nice people do dreadful things. That's the message of playwright and filmmaker Neil Laboot, I don't know how to pronounce it, Laboute, Laboot, <laughs> and such bright-faced, squirmy comedy dramas as in The Company of Men, Your Friends and Neighbors, and for that matter, his 2006 remake of The Wicker Man, which I love that movie, but yeah, that's a good movie. No, I like um, it, too. I think it's great. Okay, so it continues saying, um, sometimes these amicable folks with deep reservoirs of sadism is our Mormon, sorry, the faith. So this apparently the, the playwright, Laboot or how you pronounce it, he converted to Mormonism while he was a student at Brigham Young University. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> so this like, you know, off Broadway show slash later made into a TV show is written by this playwright and filmmaker, Neil Laboot, who he converted to Mormonism. So it's obviously him being like, yeah, <laughs> let's talk about some stuff. So it has three monologues in this playwright, and, and they are spoken, I guess you would say, conversational monologues are spoken by actors. Paul Rudd. Wait, what? Yeah, so that's the one that really shocked me. I was like, what? And he's like on the cover of it. Okay, and this was, you said, in 97? Yeah, so the off-Broadway show was in 1997, so, and then 2001 was This the was show. even after he was, like, already in Clueless and doing yes, some yeah. big stuff. Wow. Yeah. Okay. All right. So it's Paul Rod. It's Ron Eldard, who I don't recognize off the top of no. my head, but no. I'm sure if I saw a picture, I would recognize. And Callista Flockhart. Oh, I know. Um... That, I mean, that's Allie that. McBeal. Oh, right? yep. And okay. Yep. Also married yep. to Harrison Ford or was for yep. a while. Uh-huh. Yep. I see her right here. Yeah. And she still is married to Harrison Ford. Wow. Yeah. I wonder where we yeah. can watch this. Hmm. So, and basically the, the thing is, is like, so the, the synopsis of it is like, there's flirtation and practical jokes in these stories and these monologues. And then they escalate into senseless murders. And it's of a gay man and two children. Mm. So it like goes from it's kind of like a dark comedy, I guess. Um, and basically, he's just saying that like it's his way, the playwright of spelling out his beliefs, I guess, previously as a Mormon under bland, he quotes bland LDS smiles. So Mormon oh. elders with a vengeful righteousness. Oh, yeah. Mm. So I'm really curious to see this one. Like, I don't know where you would even go to like watch it at this point if it's <laughs> somewhere deep in the archives of random uh 2001 tv shows but i just look i just was googling it because i was like i need to see this and i yeah. i it came up on imdb and then the second hit is it looks like it's on youtube <gasps> so we might be able to watch that cool yeah, yeah that could be a, a fun follow-up episode or a patreon episode that would be good for sure yeah yeah Cool. Yeah, okay, so then the next one, which I think is so funny and so cringy, and I feel like I do remember this as a Mormon seeing it, is 
Pride and Prejudice, a latter-day comedy. <laughs> I had it completely forgot about that. Oh. I, I feel like I Ooh. saw it at some Mormon's house. I'm pretty sure I have because it's a 2003 movie, and that would have been, you know, a few years after I, or sorry, before I went out to Utah. So I'm sure some people had this DVD. Oh, you know, the friends that we all were friends with when I met you. <laughs> Yeah, you know exactly who I'm talking about had this DVD. Yep. 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 Exactly. <laughs> so, as far as I know, you and I could have watched this together at some point. I was thinking that. I was like, you know what? I wonder if Katie and I at some point watched <laughs> this movie together. And I've just completely blocked it out of my memory because it was traumatizing. Because <laughs> it's just so cringy. So cringy. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Oh, wow. I'm having so, flashbacks. <laughs> <laughs> flashbacks. It reminds me of that... Um, <laughs> What was it called? Like uh, Angel, Angel Block or Angel? The thing that oh. like censored your DVDs? Yeah, it's like it's like Clean Flicks, but they had another name for it, and they. <laughs> <laughs> You're giving me the giggles so bad. I guess. <laughs> I'm sorry, listeners. But yeah, they would take out like everything, and then you wouldn't even know what the movie was about because they had to take so much out. <laughs> Yeah, I watched The Atonement on that as a, a Mormon, and they cut out the most pivotal scene <laughs> of the whole movie. Oh, so my God. I finished it and was like, I'm so confused. You're like, what, what just happened? What happened in this movie? I don't understand why everyone loves it. So I went around for years being like, that movie Atonement was so dumb and confusing. It didn't make any sense. <laughs> and everyone who's not Mormon was like, what? <laughs> It, like, how does it not make sense? And then they started to describe what happened. And I was like, oh, they cut that out. I watched the clean flicks version, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so silly. Um, okay, so for Pride and Prejudice, a Latter-day comedy, for those of you who didn't have the amazing opportunity of watching this, <laughs> it is made by <laughs> a Mormon film production called like, it's a Mormon film production, I think. It's called, like, Excel Entertainment, Entertainment, and it's a leading producer of Mormon movies, which apparently there are tons of them out there. Um, oh, there are. There are lots of these. Like, do you remember the one? There's, like, what do they call them? There was one about, like, Family Home Evening. I can't remember yeah. what they were called. Oh, he but, talks yeah. about them because I watched them all, and it, like, brought back all these memories of, like, oh, my God, I watched that movie. I want um, to just say here really quick that I did a quick Google on Pride and Prejudice, a Latter-day comedy, and it's free on Peacock and Amazon Prime. <laughs> I did see that, like, in this article, it says it's on Amazon but not Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> so if you guys want a cringe fest... <laughs> Okay, sorry. Also, I thought it was interesting that the the writer of this article said, and I, I didn't fact check, so fair warning, I don't know how accurate this is, but he is saying that the church sponsors and produces films like this one as early as in the 1910s. So what? I didn't realize that the church like actually sponsored and produced these types of movies. Now, again, I didn't fact check this, so maybe they didn't with this one. Um but some of the other ones they do, which is interesting because no oh, how to burp. <laughs> Sorry guys. Um, <laughs> um the movie like God's Army, I mean, that was like they try to take it to the box office, right? And that right. and like it says here nearly three million. 
So if if that's true and that the church is sponsoring and producing these films through this Excel entertainment, then again, they're making a profit off of it. Yep. Yeah, I I know. I'm not. I definitely wouldn't be surprised because they're all about the money. Yep. Because it's even saying they earn. So modern Mormon movies earn more at the box office than most American independent features. Well, that's fucked up. Uh huh. Oh, I don't like that at all. Yep. And again, this was in 2011, so I don't know if things have changed, but at that point they were. So there's like, you know, there's God's Army. There's that other one, which um, I can't think of. It's like, I think it's called RM. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like Uh RM 1 and 2. There was Singles Ward. (laughs) Oh, God. I'm having. Oh, wow. Which, oh wow I watched them all okay. like trust me I watched them all and probably a few times and then there was that other one that actually Disney produced the other side of heaven oh yes with Anne I, Hathaway like she was 18 right. years old Anne Hathaway and apparently though they lost money on that because it only grossed five million but like it was an expensive location in New Zealand so they lost out a lot of money um Anyway, so those are some of the Mormon movies, but for specifically Pride and Prejudice, a latter-day comedy, (laughs) um, (laughs) he basically takes Pride and Prejudice, like Jane Austen movies, tweaks it with the aspect of the LDS way. So you have, you know, the common themes of like proprietary and chastity and importance of marriage, and he just twists it and like, you know, fits it into modern-day Mormon lifestyle so the oh. moral structures that the austin characters live are then transported to brigham young university god so this movie is like you have elizabeth bennett who is a student and a budding novelist who works in the bookstore at <laughs> brigham young university and then you have mr darcy who's an english businessman stopping by in provo Okay, because yeah, that happens too. But. Yep. And then <laughs> okay. lines, these lines are so bad. So basically, she's like Elizabeth Bennett, aka Molly Mormon <laughs> version of Jane Austen's Elizabeth Bennett. Um, she has all these suitors coming after her, and one of them like pitches her this. He calls it LDS tinge, like this really cringy line quote. Elizabeth, we've been commanded to multiply and replenish the earth. Ew, I hate it. I hate it. No, thank you. <laughs> Bad. Um, so, yeah, just imagine that. Um, you you guys can see the picture painted perfectly. You have BYU. You have yeah. really bad acting. You have really cringy Mormon lines and... Basically, Excel Entertainment, which is the one who's like the leader, leading producer of Mormon movies, produced this movie. They tried to sell it to non-LDS audiences, so they they dropped the Latter Day Comedy from the title and removed some of the Mormon dialogue and everything, but still, no one wanted it. (laughs) (laughs) Because why would they? You know what? I think I'm going to have. A little THC CBD gummy later and put this on and see what happens. (laughs) Oh my god, you definitely should. I might have to just like watch this tomorrow, Friday. Yeah, just I'm just curious. I just need to see it. I know we just gotta do it. (laughs) Gotta do it. 
Okay, so moving on. So the next one is an older movie. It's a 1940 movie, and it's just called Brigham Young. So we already know what it's about. I didn't right. know that I didn't know that there was a movie just about Brigham Young. Me either, but 20th century box, uh, Fox boss Daryl F. Zinnick. Um, I think that's what it is. Um, wait, sorry. Let me backtrack because I'm okay. getting ahead of myself. So there was one member of the Mormon church who was in Hollywood in 1940, and it was actress Lorraine Day who okay. didn't realize she was Mormon. Um, but a lot of people love like the concept of pioneers. Um, and then this got picked up by basically this, the 20th century Fox, because the boss there, he was like, okay, there's a really good story in Brigham Young. Right. Well, yeah. Fact, I mean, like, I've actually thought about that before. Like there's a really good story there that would make a really interesting like movie involving, you know, the Wild West and all of the horrible things that Brigham Young did. Like yep. that would be a fascinating even um, TV series like on HBO or something. Yeah, exactly. So um, so he picked it up and was like, you know, interested in this, like especially as it's after the murder of the prophet Joseph Smith. So Dean Jagger, which I don't know the actor. Um, Me neither. Not, I don't know if he's like famous or not, but he played Brigham Young. Um, and to quote, he says, I'm not looking for an easy religion. <laughs> I'm looking for one I can bring my family up decent in. So that was like apparently a line that was supposed to be something from Brigham Young. Right? Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then again, he says, when asked why he's stopping in Utah instead of going to California, quote Brigham Young again, this is what I think, I don't know if this is an actual quote from Brigham Young or just what the, um, like Fox, what they think Brigham Young maybe, or the line <laughs> in the movie. Okay. But it says, you know, human nature, take a crowd of people to a place of milk and honey. And in six months time, they won't be worth shooting. Holy shit. I mean, <laughs> yeah. So I feel like that is something that Brigham Young would say. And I feel like I remember him making a reference to milk and honey in the land of Utah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. So um, anyway, so then critics of this movie and, and of that time thought it wasn't worth shooting. Um, but they went ahead and did it. They They shot the movie and there were no... Like, there weren't any Mormons around that time. So most of the actors are going to be, like, fake, I'm doing quotes, fake Mormons. Right. Um, and then there was, so an actual LDS member was a character actor, Moroni Olsen, who had a very small role. But according to the book, um, The Hollywood Hall of Shame, <laughs> the film was a flop, even in Utah. So. Aww. Did not do well. <laughs> um, and the only thing that came of it was that the man who played the title roles, the guy who played Brigham Young, um, Dean Jagger, he was baptized as a Mormon in 1972. Dean, no. I know. Even yeah. after you knew all that Brigham Young did? Come on. How could you? How could you, Dean? <laughs> Interesting. So. Yeah, there's that one, and there's another one, which, again, I'd never heard of this one. It's called, <laughs> it made me chuckle, though, Wagon Master. Oh, Wagon Master. Why did my mind go somewhere naughty? I know, right? <laughs> Mine went dirty as well when I first read it, and I thought, but why, Sarah? Um, it's a 1950s movie. 
Okay. And it's talking about basically, as it says, wagon masters. So it's like the Mormon trek from um, basically out from east to west and then talks about which we all know is like not the true case, but Native Americans threatening the white non-believers from Brigham Young a decade earlier. Mm. So, you know, the whole saga where Brigham Young tries to blame everything on Native Americans, but oh, we yeah. know that's not the case. Not the case all. at all. Nope. Um, so it has that element in there as well, which I'm sure is not politically correct in any way like especially as a 1950s movie so I would be horrified to watch this and see how they depict and portray Native I know I just I just Um, searched it and it looks like it is on on YouTube but I kind of just don't even want to watch it I feel like I just don't want to do it no I don't think I could just because especially they talk about like Navajo and like speaking in their own language I just wonder how much of it is actually authentic how much of it is very insulting and oh you know it's gonna be insulting like it's things like this are still insulting today in 1950 it was like exactly yeah so we're gonna dodge that one I do not recommend we watch that one no me neither we'll stick to pride and prejudice yeah that's gonna be my Friday night entertainment (laughs) woo party animals Uh, um okay so the next one is a story so it was a story written in 1887 and it's called a study in scarlet and so basically it's when sherlock holmes and dr john watson made their first appearance in this short novel which arthur conan doyle wrote in three weeks at the age of 27 the story is famous because it introduces the great detective with his genius and quirky fully formed and notorious for its long flashbacks set in the American West involving a party of Mormons led by Brigham Young himself. Ooh, interesting. So, I didn't yeah, know anything about this. I had never heard of, I mean, obviously we know about Sherlock Holmes and John yeah. Watson, but I didn't know that there was like a story where we have Mormons like and especially Brigham Young and the the American West but he so the so this story depicts Mormons as raw crackpots <laughs> their religion as primitive and vindictive so Ooh. Conan Doyle defended his portrayal of the LDS uh, members as having been drawn from contemporary history books in time he later apologizes and late in life, apparently he appears in Salt Lake City to proselyte for his own controversial belief in spiritualism. So oh. <laughs> he got a lot of heat for this story because of how he depicted Mormons. Yeah. But, like, he got it from actual history books. Yeah, so. I was going to say, like, I don't think, you know, that depiction of, like, the vengeful, violent Mormons, that's not, I mean, that's what it was. When Brigham Young yeah. was in charge. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> exactly. Wow. So I kind of want to read that story now, too. Me, too. Uh, That's interesting. I have all these lists of things to read. Yeah. Um, okay, so the next one is the one that you actually guessed. So it's Woo! Big Love. Okay, have you watched Big Love? I haven't, and I really want to. I need to. Yeah, I just need it's, to. It's really, it's one of those where. I think I watched the first few episodes and I was like, why do people like this? Also because it aired in the 90s, I believe. And 
I watched it um, within the last few years and I was like, oh, this is kind of dated, not that into it. But then you get a couple episodes in and you're like, oh, my God, I have to keep watching this. <laughs> I know. And, and actually, I love that you thought it was the 90s because anything I feel like in early 2000s. Oh, was it like early the 90s? OK. <laughs> but it was like 2006 to 2011. OK. Oh, my God. I'm just showing my age, you guys. Yeah. No, but I, think <laughs> I totally thought, thought it was like 98. Time. But yeah, I don't know. You look back and you watch something from like 2005 and you're like, oh, it's this dated. is bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. I completely do it every single time. But I mean, <laughs> I won't go into the details with this one because most of us know what it is. It's like, you know, depicting polygamy and um, it's an HBO series and it's talking about, I mean, yeah, isn't there like three different families or am I wrong? It's like three Um, different. Yeah. And it's, it's been a while, so I don't fully remember, but yeah. And it's kind of like depicting how they're trying to be polygamists and live this this Mormon polygamous lifestyle, but they're living in Utah and they're surrounded by like the regular mainstream Mormons and there's like drama with that. And then there's a scene of where they um, they depict the temple and Mormons, when that aired, Mormons like lost their shit about how yeah, that's supposedly right. like blasphemous that was. Like, don't show that. And it was just, it was a recreation of it. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I do remember that because I was Mormon at the time and I was like, <gasps> that yeah. is so bad. It's like, okay. first of all, Mormons hate HBO because HBO shows boobies. And then they hated uh-huh. it even more because it showed the temple. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Ugh. Okay. <laughs> Going on to the last one on the list, but it's not the last one because I have another one that I added to it. But this one is another one that I feel like we all need to pencil it in on our Saturday and watch (laughs) it because I had never heard of it. And it has some big name actors in it. Okay. Um, So it's called Angels in America. Ooh, have not heard of this. Nope. And it was initially a 1993 Broadway show and then later adapted to a 2003 TV movie. Okay. okay. All right. So just to read the, the synopsis that the author gives in the New York times, Frank rich deemed Tony Kushner's 1993 epic vast and miraculous and the most thrilling American play in years. Hmm. Angels in America subtitled a gay fantasy on national themes copped a Tony, a Pulitzer prize and a drama desk award for best play. Wow. But nothing from the Mormons, possibly because it portrays various saints as bigoted, politically and emotionally compromised, and silently screaming to get out of a sexual closet their church doesn't acknowledge. Oh, this sounds amazing. Right? Yes. Um, So to quote, um, it says, in my church, a young LDS member So, quote, in my church, end quote, a young LDS member named Harper Pitt tells a gay man named Pryor Walter, quote, we all don't believe in homosexuals. Quote, in my church, Pryor zings back, we don't believe in Mormons. (laughs) Yeah. So, the background on this one, which I'm like, I really want to watch it. Um, Harper's husband, Joe, is a young Mormon lawyer. He has taken on the right wing, um, potatant. I don't even know. Um, I don't know what that's meant to be. It's a word I should have looked up before, but, um, 
he's taken on the right wing monster Roy Roy Coyle as a mentor. Two gay men, neither willing to admit it, though Khan has started to die of AIDS-related causes. Really sad. Um, <laughs> Joe strikes up a friendship, and soon they become lovers, and then the opposites attract, but... Um, quote, Lewis says, I can't believe I spent three weeks in bed with a Mormon. <laughs> and then later it shows up the Mormon um, character Joe calls his mother, who's Mormon, and she, like, sells her Salt Lake City home and heads east to save him because she just, like, really wants to save him from being gay, basically. Mm. Um, so I won't go into all that. Like, I mean, it doesn't give away the movie, but... The it was created into an HBO movie, and guess who it stars? Who? Meryl Streep. Okay, <gasps> Meryl. Yeah, Mary Louise Parker and Al Pacino. Holy! Oh my goodness! So, okay, so this is on HBO too. Yeah. Oh, okay. Wow. So it was like a play, or um, sorry, Broadway show that was adapted to an HBO movie in two thousand three. Well, looks like I need to get HBO again. <laughs> I know, right? Because I'm so curious to see this. Yeah. Uh, so fascinating. I'm like, we definitely, I need to check it out. I mean, he has Meryl Streep, has Al Pacino. It's a really great topic and like exposing Mormonism in the sense of how problematic it is with their homophobic tendencies slash beliefs. Like, yeah, and how yeah. That just unacceptable so I think it'd be a really good movie yeah for sure I love when when yeah media portrays and and calls out the the bigoted nature of Mormonism it's yeah yeah I like that support it yeah definitely so everyone let's all watch it and then come back and uh, report on what we think okay um, last Sarah one. just gave us homework <laughs> I'm giving you homework this is part of the the episode today Create a checklist, go through and watch all these movies we talked about, and then let's just have a little movie review party, because I'm all yes, about Yes, Sister Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the last one, I just came across, like, doing my little search, and I think it's just really fascinating. Um, it's an old movie. It's a 1911. What? Movie. 1911? And I know, and it's called A Victim of the Mormons. Oh, yeah. And it's a it's a 1911 Danish silent thriller film. Oh, so it's like a Danish one. And basically it received all kind of controversy from the Mormon church because they basically demonized the Mormon religion and it had huge like box office success. It like is cited for initiating a decade of anti-Mormon propaganda films in America. Oh. So oh, it's like goodness. it's a huge controversy and I've like I've never fucking heard of this movie before and I'm fascinated by it and the fact that it's Danish. Um I so know. basically like just a short synopsis it's like a story of a young woman who's seduced and kidnapped by a Mormon missionary and is then forced <gasps> to like come with him to Utah to become one of his wives. <gasps> you guys yeah. this this is on YouTube the full thing. <gasps> I definitely have to watch it. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I've never. Yeah. What a find. Wow. Yeah. And it's like apparently so it premiered in Copenhagen on October 2nd, 1911. And then it was released in London. So like 
basically it was it was going it was very popular um but then like and basically it was saying that it reveals the latter-day saints like quote-unquote ruthless propaganda it was a really great like international success this movie and then I was like curious I was like oh I wonder how the church is going to respond to this so the the LDS church in Europe and America publicly condemned (gasps) this movie oh of course they did oh yeah Yep. The LDS Church presidency complained to the American National Board of Censorship, demanding (gasps) that all references to Mormonism in the title and content of the film be removed. No. Yeah. Those fuckers. You can't control media and artwork. You you can't silence people. Oh, my God. It's just it's so similar to now when we use a hashtag that's related to the church and they're like, that's ours. You can't have it. You can't use that. And it's like. Yes, we can. <laughs> exactly. You that's can't what I control. Of. Yeah, you can't that's control people. Of. People using words like. Yep. Yeah. Oh my word! It's wow. insane, and it even gets it gets crazier. So then, basically, they wanted everything to be removed to be censored, but this LDS campaign to censor the film like it completely failed. Um, no one was like it was released without any changes made, and then the Utah governor at the time. William Spry said that the Danish filmmakers were, quote, only exceeded in their perversion of the truth by their absurdity. And then he banned the film in the state of Utah. Oh, my God. Yeah. And then, but then even that, that effort was failed because the film was shown without alterations in Utah theaters that year. Oh, good. Wow. Yeah, and it was like a huge, like enormously successful internationally. Um, so because not only because it was like emphasized even more because of this attempted ban, which made it even more popular because they were <laughs> yeah. trying to ban it. Yeah. But apparently like its main star, Valdemar Fassander, I don't know how to pronounce it. He was like super popular at the time. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's, so that's so um I don't know, that's just so like there's a parallel there where the church is always acting that way. It's like they try to censor or yeah, um ban essentially things that don't paint them in the way they want to look and they try to have control over everything about their image and it's just gotten worse and worse you know they they don't have as much control over that now because of the internet but it just goes to show they've always been trying to like censor things and make things look a certain way and not let people speak out against them yeah definitely definitely and there was like and what I also found kind of creepy too not creepy and I'm not even surprised but even after all this these attempts to censor or ban this movie it didn't work out whatever apparently now there are only is there's only approximately 30 minutes of this movie that has been recovered and preserved from the original 35 millimeter film stock really yeah the remaining footage has been transferred to a 16 millimeter and videotape but that's like 30 minutes of the real movie and and it's kind of like what happened to it no one knows and then this is the creepy part a copy is on file in the LDS Church archives in Salt Lake City. Oh. So the church has the full the church copy. has the full copy. Okay. Uh-huh. 
This reminds me, um, we need to do an episode on this, a little teaser for an upcoming episode. We need to do a full episode on like the church's vaults. Yes. All the stuff they have. So upcoming, everyone, be on the lookout for that. Because that's what that reminded me of. And that's crazy that they have a copy of it. Of course they would, because they want to hold things tightly to the chest and control what people see. Yeah. It's all about control. Like no one else will have a copy of this, but we will. So that we can make sure that we control the narrative at any point if this were to like come up again in 2022. Wow. Wow. That makes me, I really hope this one that I found on YouTube, I hope that it's the full thing. I guess we'll see when I watch it. Yeah, that'll be interesting to see if it's like the full one or if it's only like the 30 minutes that they've recovered. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Oh, it's funny. I When I did that search for it, it said, um, people also search for the other side of heaven. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my. Oh, so wow. Good. Well, guys, thanks for joining me on this Sarah, journey of how Mormonism is depicted in pop culture. You guys know uh, how I'm obsessed with my my pop culture. And I was like was so fascinating thank you for searching this and creating this episode it, it went a different way than I thought like I don't know I hadn't heard of a lot of these and so it gives us a lot of content to watch and maybe cringe at or maybe yes. end up really liking I hadn't thought about any of these so thank you for compiling this yeah of course thanks to this again just a reference article time magazine article 10 memorable depictions of Mormons and pop culture written by Richard Corliss. So definitely all the credit to him. And then the last one, Wikipedia. So nice. it's not for me, but I'm also would be interested to do more of like the react, the church reaction. Cause I only did the one for book of Mormon, but I bet if you did a quick search of like how the church responded or reacted to these other movies, we would be able to see like the last one with the Danish film. Like that was so interesting to me to see how much the church like, fall against it and was yeah. like so outspoken about censoring it and I, I'm sure we could find the same on most of these as well oh I'm sure I'm sure yeah because we all know that's what they do they love they yeah. love doing that and controlling the narrative <laughs> yeah always oh well that, that was wonderful and now I have a whole list of things that are going to entertain me all weekend long so thank Yay! you <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right listeners thank you so much we love you and have a great week Thanks, guys. Have a good one. Bye-bye. Bye.